Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 169 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. I'm not sure where summer is as yet. We've had cooler, wet days with a few brighter intervals, but nothing to get very excited about. I am, though, getting very excited about our autumn nuke plans. short and sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm delighted to say that our podcast is now sponsored in part by Simon the Beekeeper. Making beekeeping an affordable hobby for everyone, Simon the Beekeeper provides the best value beekeeping equipment possible, along with a super fast delivery service. The bees won't wait, so their customers don't have to either. Visit the website at www.simonthebeekeeper.co.uk Hi everyone and welcome to this week's podcast. I hope you're all safe and well wherever you may be enjoying your beekeeping. I say enjoying your beekeeping, but I know some of you out there are having a real struggle this summer. It seems every year throws up a range of conditions to challenge the beekeeper. Too much rain, too little rain, cold damp conditions or drought, it always seems there's something that's likely to throw a spanner in the works. I've recently been helping a few new beekeepers get to grips with their hives in various states of development, and I have to say each one has appeared in my apiaries over the past few weeks too. So we're all in this together. The weather plays its part, the bees play their part, but I'm just lucky to have enough colonies to find at least a few that are doing okay. It's mid-July already and we're moving quickly through the season now. Interestingly, I watched a programme on TV about time with Professor Brian Cox. In it, he talked about us all experiencing time at different rates. And it's so true. How often does someone say to you that a particular day is dragging while you feel it's racing along really quickly? Not just that, but also it feels the beekeeping season takes an age to arrive in the spring and before you know it the summer has raced by and we're beginning to prepare colonies for the autumn and winter months ahead. I wonder if our bees can sense time as we do. Anyway they always seem to be very busy regardless of the conditions and this week it has been a little bit changeable. We've had some half decent weather, a bit of sunshine, a few showers, a lot of rain overnight, a little warmth The sun still has some heat in it. In fact, it gets quite warm when it gets a chance to appear from behind those clouds. But yesterday was very cool again. We had that fine mist-like rain for long periods in the morning, which put me off visiting our top bar hive apiary to inspect the colonies we have there. I'm heading out again today to check on them, and although I'm currently looking at unbroken blue skies, it is due to cloud over again later. Hopefully it won't start raining and I'll have enough time to get through all the colonies there. This period in mid-July is when my thoughts start to turn more seriously towards preparations for the autumn. It's a planning period for me. The bees are hopefully queen right at the moment, at least for the most part. As I said earlier, with a large number of colonies, you get to see a range of conditions within the hives. But generally, I like to think that more are settled than not. But with the summer nectar flow now in full flood, as it were, 
the bees should be out there foraging on all the various wild flowers and crops available to them and preparing their stores ready for the long months ahead. It's this drive to store nectar that we're relying on to provide us with a crop of honey, if we're lucky enough to get a crop of honey, of course. I don't take my bees to the heather to get a late season crop, so this month is normally the very peak of the season for me, although the bees on the borage look as if they'll probably get an extra week or two. That's something we now have to factor into the planning because we would normally begin our late summer treatments at the end of July. Previously, we've used apitraz for the treatment of varroa at this time of the year, and we'll probably use something like it again this season. And I'll cover off some of the more common treatments, perhaps in a podcast soon, to give you an idea of what's available. As always, lots to choose from, and each has its place. This week, we had our regular monthly meeting with the Coaching Plus guys on Patreon. One of the main topics was a discussion regarding preparation of nukes, to go into the autumn and through the next year. And I have to say at this point I paused the podcast script and took advantage of some slightly brighter weather to dash out to the apiary at the fishing lakes and check up on the disaster that was the top bar hive and also the nukes that were developing there. We also have another apiary with commercial and national hives in it at those fishing lakes and those are going to be used for creating nukes for the autumn and winter period. But before I talk about the nukes for autumn, I wanted to update you on the top bar hive. Remember, last week we had two situations developing. I removed the queen from the smaller nuke size split to help out another colony. And in the other side, housing the larger separate colony, I found it was almost starving. Well, it was starving, but it had almost died. Well, we got lucky. Firstly, the starving colony has recovered sufficiently to get out and forage. They're bringing in pollen and nectar. The queen survived, only just I reckon, but she survived and is now laying eggs in the cells that have been cleared out by the workers ready for her. They had almost cleared all of the fondant that I gave them from last week and I shot a video to show you exactly what's going on. Unfortunately, I was alone in the apiary, no helpers today, so if it's not terribly in focus, it's down to me. Luckily, I got in there just in time and I've managed to keep them going. In the other side, the smaller nucleus colony, they realised that they were queenless and have produced some quite nice queen cells. Not bad considering that they also were on the verge of starving last week. So I figured I should take advantage of the situation and turn a potentially bad outcome into a positive one. There were, as I said, several queen cells And these are on different top bars, so it's the easiest thing in the world to split them. Particularly as way back when we were designing the top bar hive, I got Pete to put several entrance holes in the sides. What I've done is moved a frame with a queen cell further into the middle of the top bar hive and blocked off both ends with a division or follower board. I opened up a new entrance and added a couple of top bars with plenty of bees on them. Now I have two smaller nucleus colonies, which are queenless but have a queen cell each. Remember, I prefer to remove all but one queen cell. These have enough bees to get them started and take care of their respective sealed queen cell. The plan is to produce a new queen in each compartment, and with a little luck, we'll have a nicely mated queen in both sections, and then I can attempt either to get them through the winter as independent nucleus colonies in their own right, or... If they both emerge and mate successfully, I could also use one to head up another colony and unite what's left. 
the colony in the other section will now be left to build up as best they can in preparation for winter. They need a heap of new comb. Brood is going to be depleted for some time, so they just won't have the foraging force they need for now, which in turn means I will need to feed them later this month and probably into next month. That's August, folks. So this is an example of how you can use an opportunity where the bees have produced additional queen cells surplus to what you want them to have and rather than getting rid of them I've been able to give myself a chance of an extra mated queen that could then be used to head up another colony. Making up nukes for overwintering is a pretty easy process too but it all goes back to my regular mantra of having enough resources bees and food. Oh and don't forget kit two. If you want to make up nukes, you're going to need to have some nuke boxes. My personal preference is four, five or six frame nukes, but we can also go with three frame nukes too. Let me explain. You all probably know by now that I shoot videos for my Patreon subscription page and an occasional video for YouTube. Well, I decided I couldn't really talk about the pros and cons of the different hive types if I hadn't tried them. So, somewhat foolishly, I now have a wide range of hive types, most of which are not interchangeable. So we have a national hive, and that's national hive in all its glory, standard national and 14 by 12s. Commercial hives, same footprint as national hives, so there is some swappability there. And the honey poor poly langstroths, not to mention, of course, the top bar hive. The honey poor hives have four frame nukes, my commercial nukes are five frames. The BS Honeybees nukes for national and 14 by 12s are six frame nukes. Unless, of course, you use the divider and that makes them three frame nukes. I'm sure that's all as clear as mud for you now, isn't it? Each one of these versions of a nuke worked perfectly well last winter. And so it really is down to your own individual choice, hive type and personal preference. Isn't beekeeping great? The honey pour nukes are four frame because two of them sit nicely on a 10 frame brood box and can be stacked accordingly. Thus, if you wanted to build up a few nukes, you can pop two nukes on a brood box and get the frames drawn before simply splitting them down and adding queens to each. My commercial nukes are five frame because when I put two of them side by side, they fit exactly on a commercial brood box or national brood box and the same applies. But for me, the greater benefit is that I can strap two of these commercial nukes together side by side, entrances pointing in opposite directions and add a maize more jumbo feeder to feed both at the same time. All of this sitting neatly beneath a commercial or national roof. They can be left like this for the entire winter, giving warmth to each other and increasing their chances of survival. The BS Honeybees polynukes are great and you know that I'm a fan of them. Six frames, either standard national or 14 by 12. They have great insulating properties and work really well over winter at keeping the nucleus colonies protected against those wide fluctuations in temperature. And with the divider inserted, yes, these can be a pain to remove or seat properly when they get covered in propolis and wax. That aside, with the divider inserted and converted into two three-frame nukes, they work just as well as my own commercial five-frame nukes strapped together. So you see, each one of these hive styles and types can work perfectly. There is just one thing to remember. Resources. 
If you have a massively strong colony, wall-to-wall brood, supers full of bees, and a strong laying queen, you could no doubt split this down into multiple nukes and introduce a laying queen into each one. You could get as many as six nukes out of one colony, perhaps. Here's how. I'd grab a couple of frames of brood from the brood box and put these each into the various nukes that I've got. So let's say it's one of my commercial hives and I've rammed 12 frames into the brood box and the queen is laying in all of the frames. So this is the perfect example, of course. It doesn't often turn out this way, but let's just run with it. Each nuke box now has a couple of frames of brood and one of these has the existing queen. I divide the bees as best I can by shaking them so that they are equally-ish split between each box. There's no need to count how many bees are in each box, just judge it by eye. Leave the queen right nuke on the stand of the original hive. She'll gather up all the flying bees. Fill the remaining nukes with either drawn comb, if you have it, or foundation, if not. Close up all of the nukes except the one you're leaving behind and move them to another apiary a decent distance away. You have, of course, removed the supers to extract. Make sure that you stick a feeder on each nuke because if all you have is brood, they're going to starve pretty quickly. Make sure that you've got equal amounts of sealed brood, open brood and eggs between them all too. It takes a lot of effort to look after eggs and young larvae, but no effort at all to take care of emerging brood. The next day, add your previously prepared new queens in their cages to each of the queenless nukes, and there you go. Nukes set up for the autumn. Now you have to make sure that you feed them and keep feeding them until they've drawn any foundation that you've given them. Add varroa treatments at the appropriate time and settle them down for the long haul into next spring. Compare these nukes to a weak colony split too far and just a few weeks later you'll be very surprised at how different they are. The nukes from the strong colony will be settled and growing, foundation will be getting drawn and new queens will be filling up cells with eggs. Weak colonies split into nukes will be quiet, hardly growing, foundation will be left untouched and it will look very sad. If you want to make any splits for the autumn, do it now, but be realistic about how much you can take from a colony without putting at risk either the parent colony or the split. Get them nice and strong and you won't miss the opportunity to have really strong nukes heading into the winter. Another opportunity that you really don't want to miss is my latest podcast. A podcast subscription will get you the very latest tips and techniques from me each week as they're released. As things stand, it's going to cost less than a couple of Starbucks coffees. And that's drive through prices. Head over to my Patreon page and sign up to my Podcast Plus tier for the very latest beekeeping chat. Well, that's it for this week. I'll catch up with you all again next time. But for now, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was beekeeping short and sweet. Beekeeping short and sweet.